Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved, a podcast devoted to unsolved crime and mysteries here in northern Michigan. This month, we're taking a look at a case that deputies are confident has been solved, one that was even on the verge of trial before charges were dropped when a key witness stopped cooperating. This case started in April of 2019 when Mason County deputies were called to a home in Free Soil for a shooting. There, they found Billy Buchanan dead and another woman injured. Deputies arrested Corey Beekman, and he was eventually charged with the shooting. That woman I just mentioned would be a key witness for the prosecution, but she stopped cooperating as the case neared trial, meaning the charges against Beekman were dropped, a devastating blow to Billy's family. And there's no indication when they could be refiled. I sat down with Billy's parents, William and Danita, at their home near Mears in Oceana County to talk about what has turned into an unexpected fight for justice. Tell me about Billy. He was an amazing young man from the day he was born. He was nothing but smiles, had a good heart. As he grew, he just was more amazing. He loved riding his four-wheeler, riding his dirt bikes. At five years old, he got his first four-wheeler. At six, he started racing his little dirt bike. and. He loved wrenching with Dad in the garage, so he got his little toolbox of his own little tools, and he was just an amazing young man. He has a sister that's 10 years older than him, and she was like his little bodyguard, and he never had any issues. Sissy was always there to protect him, but they were, they had a bond that we thought would never be broken. And as he grew, he was just more amazing. And he loved to do things. He loved to help people. He just had a kind heart. He was very, very sick when he was little. He had spinal meningitis. And he was like six months old. And he was in the hospital for two months where he learned to walk from there. But thank goodness he got well from that. And he just, he grew. And it's like he just didn't stop growing. We wanted him to stay that little baby forever. but. He grew into a wonderful young man. He has a son. Um, He met a beautiful lady. They were friends all the way through. And he has a son now named after him, William Craig the second, third, I'm sorry, the third. And he's an amazing young man as well, just like his daddy. Him and his daddy used to work in the garage together when Billy, little Billy was little. He would always help his daddy wrench, like Billy helped his daddy. And he, he learned to do things with his son and the things that he picked up from Big Bill. And he just grew into this amazing person. And I mean, he would do anything for anybody. He would always pull silly things on us, silly little tricks. Always joking around. Yeah, he would hide daddy's tools and he would know that he had them, but Billy would hide them and just mess with them. And he'd pull little silly things with us, but he loved riding the dunes. Our children were raised on the dunes. You guys are just down the road yeah, from the dunes. Yeah, and he, he loved riding his Jeep and his four-wheeler. and. He could never keep all four wheels on the ground no matter what he rode. So he was up in the air and driving sideways and driving wheelies and it would scare me to death, but he enjoyed it. Thank God he never got hurt. He just made everybody laugh. 
and now his son has picked up that trade as well. Son so, sounds a lot like he's, him. He's mm -hmm. just like his daddy. Looks like his daddy has the same emotions his daddy had and just the same good spirit his daddy had. Um, so fast forward to April of 2019. Take me back to what you guys remember from that day. Bill had left the house and had gone up the road a ways and a police officer had turned his lights on him. Well, Bill had thought maybe he was going too fast and didn't know. And the officer just kind of pulled over and said, are you William Buchanan? And he said, yes, sir. And the officer said, is your wife home? And Bill said, yes. And he knew then that there was something not right. And the officer said, I need to talk to you both at the same time. So I was in the back and Bill had come in and said, there's an officer here that needs to talk to us. I thought, oh, Billy got a ticket, you know, this or that or whatever. But he was okay because we didn't hear anything, we thought. And then this officer just stood there and another officer came and another officer. And I'm like, what is, where is Billy? And he's like, um, there's been an accident. And I said, that could mean a million things. Where is our son? And he hesitated and he said that, I'm sorry, but your son is deceased. And I just kept yelling, you're wrong. You're wrong, it's, that's not true. We just saw him last night, he was coming home today. And he said that he was sorry, but he had been, he was deceased. I said, what happened? I don't know. I said, where is he? I don't know. I said, what do you know? We need to know where our son is and what happened. And he said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I'm just here to deliver the news. And I just grabbed Bill. <clears throat> I fell to my knees and just screamed, no, God, no. And I grabbed Bill and just told him it can't be true. <laughs> and. And then other people came over for support. And it was like the next day, we finally heard what happened. We, we heard that he got shot, but we didn't know the full story till the next day. So we had to do the next hard thing. And we had to call our daughter in Indiana. And I told my son-in-law, I said, I need to talk to Bobby. And he said, Mom, something's wrong. I said, yeah. And then he gave it to my daughter, our daughter, Bobby, and she got on the speaker. And I told her, I said, Bobby, I said, there's something wrong. She said, how is Billy? How is Dad? I said, I don't know how to say it. I said, baby's gone. <laughs> she said, what do you mean he's gone? I said, he's been shot, sissy. And all I heard was this blood-curdling scream. I'll never forget. She said, no, Mom, that's not true. And I said, it is, and I'm so sorry. And I said, give the phone back to Sam, our son-in-law. So she gave the phone back, and I asked Sam to please contact the rest of the family because I can't mm -hmm. do it right now. So our son-in-law did that for us. And then the next day we learned more because Kim was on the news thing then giving his report or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And 
there were still a lot of unanswered questions. Why and why was why did she take him there? Because we had found out because the girl Caitlin had come to our home the night before and I never saw her before. Mm. And Billy had said, Mom, I'm going to go help her move. I said, okay. I said, are you coming back? He said, well, I'll come back. I'll be back in the morning or late tonight. And he just, he never made it. He never made it back home. And then all of our family came up and we had to start making arrangements for only son. You guys still remember every single detail. Every single detail. I remember what Kenny told me happened, the detective. He said that Billy was in the kitchen making breakfast for the kids and something happened between Caitlin and Corey and then Corey fired the gun a couple times and so Billy made the kids get under the table with the blanket and told them don't move until an officer comes. So the children, thank goodness, stayed there. And then I guess from what I understand from Kenny was that Kaylin had stood in front of the door there and he had shot and nicked her arm. And I guess Billy came over and pushed her out of the way. And then I guess he got shot in the stomach, in the chest. And then Kenny said he put his arms up like he was going to say no more. And it went through his armpit, his heart, and his lungs. And he died alone. We couldn't even see him. We couldn't say goodbye. We didn't get to do anything. And she took him over there to move. How do you not know that he's in the room? It was his house full of guns. And our son got shot for no reason for helping someone move. He tried to do a good deed, and this is where it got him. You can tell just how emotional Danita gets when talking about what happened to her son, and just as emotional when talking about what played out in court. For most families, including Billy's, they were optimistic about where the case was heading. An arrest, a court case moving along, until suddenly those charges were dropped, with a key witness, the woman who was in the home at the time of the shooting, no longer cooperating with the prosecution, making the case difficult and leading to the dismissal of charges. Paul Spaniola, the first prosecutor, didn't do his job. He didn't call any the witnesses in he was supposed to. And I guess this new prosecutor, she was like an assistant prosecutor at the time, I guess, and she wanted to come out and help Paul. And Paul kept telling her, no, no, I don't need your help, when he did need her help. So it ended up getting dismissed. And Judge Susan Sanowski wouldn't let the affidavits be put in court that were done the night of all of this. So we had nothing. And his lawyer didn't want him in either, which I understand. Thank you. And so it's like it got dropped and then he was set free. And when we heard that, it was like the system has totally failed us. You let someone out, and then Caitlin gets on the stand, and she puts on a drama show like she was passing out, so she didn't have to testify. And it was like it just went from there. It's just spiraled out of control, 
people are free that took our son's lives and he's being swept under the rug. And as long as I'm alive, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Our son was a human being. He was a good kid. He was a kind kid. And because he tried to be kind and do a favor, it cost him his life. And I'm not going to quit fighting. I'll step on anybody's toes. To back up a little bit, when the arrest was made, yes, sir. did you guys think this is just a step in the process towards conviction, justice? You thought we've got an arrest and now we go to we court? We thought we had an arrest. We thought he was going to go to prison for the rest of his life. And that would be a small piece of justice mm -hmm. for us because him just going to prison for the rest of his life is not going to bring Billy back. And it's not going to give us complete peace because he's still alive. He gets visitors, three meals a day, playground time as they call it. Our son doesn't get that. And we wait every day for the longest time for our son to come to the door and walk through that door. Every time we'd hear a noise, we think it was Billy knocking at the door. And it never happened. And we get this case moving along, moving along, moving along. And then all of a sudden, kind of a key witness in the, the prosecution yep. she, that saw a yep. lot of what you know, detectives think happened just she stops. She saw everything and you know. she stops talking. So the whole thing has stopped. Everything has come to a halt because of her. Until she speaks and wants to tell the truth, there is nothing going to happen in this case. 99.9% .9 chance we were told that nothing will ever happen because Caitlin doesn't want to be a part of it and her mother doesn't want her to. You know, and they're telling us, well, wait till the children get older. The children are still kids, young kids. They're not going to come up there in 10 or 20 years. I won't be here for 10 or 20 years. I want something done now. And it's not going to hurt her to do the right thing. And what kind of a mother tells your child, don't go up and tell the truth for a family that lost their son because of you. William and Danita still have pictures of Billy throughout their home, his memory still very much alive. And Billy's room is nearly the way it was several years ago. Billy's son sleeps there now when he spends the night. For William and Danita, this has turned into a long and painful wait for justice. They know it's out there, but it just keeps escaping them. It shatters your heart more than it's already been shattered. It's like you've come so far to think that something's gonna happen. And then in a split second, it's over and you're at the beginning again, praying that somebody, something will happen and some kind of justice will be done. But we've been fighting this for two and a half years and we've gotten nowhere, nowhere. We've gone to newspapers now, TV channels. We want people to see him. He had a, a purpose in life. He had a, has a beautiful son. His son is missing out on having his daddy at all of his, you know, successes in life. You know, um, his achievements. His dad's not there for his wedding, for his graduation, for seeing his children grow up when he has children. Billy doesn't get any of those chances and neither does his son because his life was taken for no reason. Absolutely no reason. 
and Dave, they keep telling us that Caitlin is a victim. I don't understand that. And for the life of me, no one will tell us why. She got a skin on the arm, a little breeze on, breeze on the arm. She got a ride to the hospital in an ambulance. She came back with a Band-Aid gauze thing on her arm. She was fine. How is she a victim? I'm, I'm begging someone to tell us that. The victim is this young man that we can't see no more. That's the victim, and we are victims as well in our family. But how is she a victim? I don't get it. You took him there. You knew this person was in that room. How do you consider yourself a victim? I'm, no one will tell us that. I talked to the prosecutor. She's like, she's a victim too. Why? How? Well, she is. And I just get out, you know, irate because she's not a victim. Her children are alive because of our son. She's alive because our son pushed her away. How are you a victim? And I'll tell you, Dave, something that I remember. When Billy passed away, Caitlin wrote on Billy's post on like their message. The last words were, I love you forever, we'll be together soon. And it's like I told the newspaper, if those words meant anything to you at all, if you have any kind of a heart, do something to help the person that you claimed that you loved. And if you loved him, how could you do this to him? It doesn't make sense. And that's what you guys are pushing for, yes, sir. almost begging for. Yes, sir. Right now. Yes, sir. I mean, there's got to be a part of, she's a human being regardless. There's got to be a part of you in your heart that says, I cared for him somewhat, whatever, but I caused this, so I need to do the right thing for myself give closure to my children by doing the right thing as a mother and give us something give us give us the, the little bit of hope that this person will be brought in and put in prison for the rest of his life that's all we're asking mother to mother I mean I don't want to say I don't have hard feelings I do have hard feelings but I'm not out to be a hateful person. All I want is some kind of peace for our family. Some kind of it's finally happening. That's all we're asking. Our family is going through hell, Dave. Our entire family. Our daughter is now sick with leukemia and she's not doing well. We don't want to bury another child. We just want help so we can move on a little bit to the next phase of our life taking care of our daughter. But we need some type of closure. It's never going to be closed, but some type of closure so we can move to the next and still work with this, but still help our daughter. You, you can't get that until this case gets At to least, its final stage. Yes, sir. At least something. If he goes to prison for the rest of his life and she helps us do that, that's a little bit of a closure. That's a start for us. And then the healing 
will start kicking in. It'll never be healed, Dave, 100%, but the healing process will start because we feel like we've accomplished that first step. You guys are kind of, sense. the healing's kind of stuck right now because yes, this sir. case is stuck. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. So we get justice? Yes, sir. And that's all we're asking for is some type of justice. It's been two years. And I really believe, like um, Dave had told me, um, not Dave, the um, Kenny, the detective, mm -hmm. told me that if COVID hadn't kicked in when it did during this time of our case, he really believes that justice would have prevailed right then and there because Caitlin wouldn't have had this time to sit and think, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And her mother may not have had the opportunity to say, I don't want you involved because we had him right there in the jail. And if the COVID hadn't kicked in and things were closed down, I really believe that right at this moment, he'd be in prison. I really believe that with all my heart because she wouldn't have had time to process things in her head of how to try to get out of helping this family. What do you guys want to say to her? Everything kind of hinges on her coming forward and moving this case along. Just to step up and do the right thing. Like I said to the other gentleman the other day, I said, I'm talking to you, Caitlin, mother to mother. You know, your children are safe because of Billy. You're safe and you're blessed to have your children. But I said, we don't have that anymore. So please just do the right thing. Give yourself some peace and do it for your children so they don't have this growing up that mom didn't do the right thing. Because, you know, her children were traumatized very, very much, Dave, the night of this. And they're going to live with this terrible night for the rest of their life. And my heart bleeds for them little kids. They should have never been there. And for what they went through, my heart aches for them. And I do hope Caitlin will do the right thing to give her children that small piece of understanding that mom did the right thing. That's all I'm asking of her. That's all I ask. We also sat down with Mason County Sheriff Kim Cole. His office has led the investigation from the start in 2019, and his office has been tasked with tracking down the witness prosecutors need, something he says hasn't been easy. Sheriff, we'll start back in 2019. You guys get called out to a home in Free Soil. Correct. And what did you find there? What, what was the kind of basis of this case? Well, that, that uh, April morning in 2019 uh, started off as a is a shots fired call with uh, people being injured in the in the home. <clears throat> it uh, prompted a multi-jurisdictional uh, response. Manistee County sent cars, the uh, tribal police in Manistee sent cars uh, to assist us in that investigation and as a result um, one individual was arrested uh, uh, that we felt and to this day still feel is responsible for the shooting. And he goes through the court process, we get to circuit court, we're on the verge of a trial, and it kind of takes a turn at that point. Yeah, um, one of the victims in that in that event survived, and um, she has refused to cooperate and give testimony to the events, at least up to this point. 
And I just think uh, that individual, we need to remember, is a victim as well as uh, the deceased in that case. And um, she needs to work through emotionally the events of that day and I hope that she gets to the point where she will come forward and testify as to what took place in that house. Because you guys have been trying to serve the summons to appear in court and haven't yeah, we've been, been working, able to do that. Yeah, we've been working with another county sheriff's office downstate to uh, get that um, that subpoena served and, and obviously at this point with the case being dismissed um, we're kind of in a holding pattern until the prosecutor and I think the prosecutor will will come up with uh, um, something I know uh, she's a sharp young lady mm -hmm. and um, she wants justice done uh, for the victims of crimes in our community so I, I'm, I'm confident that our prosecutor will will uh, get there at some point. How much work have you guys done in trying to get this summons, this order served? Well, so we'd sent detectives to uh, the county where she's we believe she's residing to find her, and we spoke with family down there, and uh, and, and we've run into some pushback uh, from folks, and uh, to some extent that uh, is to be expected, I guess. Um, and again, we have to remember that this uh, young lady is a, is a victim of the crime as well. And, and, and we need to work with her to work her through all the emotions tied into what she's going through. My understanding, she was injured in the, in, in the <coughs> shooting as well. She was also shot during the event, yes. But also holds some pretty key information well, as, as to what could have happened. Yeah, <laughs> she's a surviving witness to what took place in there, absolutely. For you as a sheriff and you know, for your detectives, how frustrating is it that you've put in this work and you just kind of can't get over that final, that final hill? Well, there, there, it is. There is a degree of frustration in it, but um, in the end of the, at the end of the day, um, our detectives are going to continue to plug along, and as the sheriff, I'm going to continue to plug along and support uh, the victim in this matter, and I'll support the prosecution and the prosecutor's office and whatever they deem necessary. Uh, and we want to support, obviously, the family of the deceased in this matter. Um, and, we, and we can't lose sight of that. I think in this day and age, we tend to uh, uh, forget about the victims of crime, and that should not happen. And uh, so my commitment would be to the victims of this event and our, and our, our detectives, their, their commitment is to the, the victims of this event as well. Because you're not looking for any other person to arrest and bring to the prosecutor for charges. Yeah, we, in this we, case, you're pretty confident yeah, you got the guy. We, we have no other individuals we're looking at. And again, you mentioned the frustration part. Our, our detectives are committed to every case they work, and as the sheriff, I'm committed to every case our deputies and detectives work to get to the bottom of it. And it doesn't matter how much time it takes, we're committed to finding an end, an end resolution to uh, the cases we take. You'll believe you'll get to a point where this moves forward. Yeah, it would, be, it would be my hope that we would get to a point where we can move forward with the case. But again, our other victim in this matter um, is a key component to that. And that was Mason County Sheriff Kim Cole. It's not clear when this case will move forward, but we reached out to the Mason County prosecutor for comment on the status of the case, but we did not hear back. Until then, Billy's family continues to wait, hope, and pray. Thank you for listening to this episode, and be sure to join us next month as we dive into another unsolved mystery from right here in northern Michigan. 
You can also listen to other episodes of Unsolved wherever you get your podcasts or on 910news.com. For Northern Michigan's News Leader, I'm David Lydon.